Um, I want to make you aware of something right now also to all the young people in the room. Right now, we are streaming this service into the main sanctuary, all the adults. So mainstream, can we just make welcome all the adults streaming in this service? Oh, yes. Welcome. We're so glad uh, that we can join together as one uh, church family for this great service. Well, it's my privilege to introduce our guest speaker. I don't want to, I could take a lot of time talking about my friend Josh Carter, but I, I want to give him plenty of time. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you this. Shh. Uh, I have grown to respect uh, this man of God. He is an incredible communicator, but what I love about, there are people with gifts and then there are people with character that can back up the gifts. And what I love about this man is he lives revival. Somebody say amen to that. Um, that's not always the case. There are sometimes gifted people that don't live it. This man lives it. He loves God. Uh, he loves what God's doing. He's the executive pastor at, uh, at a Ormond Beach, uh, Calvary Assembly in Ormond Beach. Um, he and his wife, Natasha, actually about six months ago, just adopted their baby girl, Jocelyn. So it's been an awesome year for Josh Carter. Mainstream, we are so uh, honored to have him. Faith Assembly, we're so honored to have him. Can we just make welcome right now, Pastor Josh Carter as he comes to preach the word. Come on, if you love Jesus, somebody make some noise for Jesus in this room. Oh, come on, mainstream, if you're expecting God to do something that changes your life forever, make some noise for Jesus. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Come on, do you feel what I feel in this room tonight? I sense the presence of the Lord, you know. The truth is, is that praise is often a product of perspective. That oftentimes we praise God by how we perceive God. And if God was a little God, little worship would do. If he was a small God, a small praise would suffice. But how many know tonight in this room that we don't serve some little God or some small God? But we serve the God that is above every other God with a name that is above every other name. And I just wonder at the onset of this whole revival, if there's anybody that can make hell real angry, every devil real upset, and give Jesus the greatest praise you've given him all night long. Come on, if he's a big God. I dare you to take about 10 more seconds. Open up your mouth in this sanctuary, in the sanctuary down the hall, and somebody shout. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. I, I came here to preach, and I feel like preaching. Uh, can, can I just be myself tonight? I, I just feel one of them old school, sweaty, Holy Ghost, spitting, talking, yelling, hollering, revival uh, messages coming on me. Can I, can I just be me tonight, mainstream? I mean, I, I've been with you before and it feels like family. I thank God for the leadership of this church. I thank God for the leadership of this youth ministry. And I don't know about you, but you're blessed. Ooh, I said you're blessed. You're blessed with not just leaders, you're blessed with some of the best leaders in the entire country. And if you love the leadership of this church, you love the leadership of this ministry, somebody ought to give Jesus some praise for your leaders. I honor you. 
I thank God for you. And uh, I just believe uh, that God wants to do even greater in 2020. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. When God wants to tie the end of a thing to the beginning of a thing, he either does it through prophecy or promise. Mm, prophecy or promise. And I believe that tonight God has given me a prophetic word. There's a prophetic edge to what I'm about to speak to your life. Almost like a prerequisite for you to see. Because 2020, you're going to see some stuff. Oh, you should have said amen. I said, you're going to see some things in your life in 2020. Not just anything, but you're going to see some God things in your life. And the truth is, for you to see what God said, you're going to have to abide by the prerequisite God gives tonight. And I feel a prophetic word on my life to give to you. Is there anybody that just loves the word of God tonight? You love God's word? Well, I know you've been standing all night, but would you just, it's just a part of my custom. Would you jump up on the feet for the, jump up on your feet for the reading of God's word tonight? I've got a spiritual son on the keys and he, he's going to make me sound real good. He, he is uh, single. Amen. And um, I'm not sure if he's ready to mingle, but he's single in Jesus name. And uh, we thank God for him. And uh, I, I just became a daddy a few months ago and, and, uh, I'm, I, let me just say this. You, you learn a lot about God when you become a dad. And you really learn how much God really loves you because really that little girl is everything, you know? And so I'm thankful after eight years of struggle, eight years of pain, doctors saying we would never have a kid in any type of way, here I stand in the faithfulness of God in 2020, having seen the promises of God in my life. So now, if, if you're watching, I don't even know if this is last year, and I would. Go to bed in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 2, John chapter 2, uh, John chapter 2, and God's going to speak tonight. Keep playing, son. You sound good. This is what the Word of God says. Are you ready? It says, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim and he said draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast and they took it and when the master of the feast had tasted the water watch this that was made wine and did not know where it had come from but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom and this is what he said every man at the beginning sets out good wine and when the guests have well drunk then the inferior but you, I like this, you have kept the good wine mm. until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. I came with a prophetic word for all the note takers in the room who are looking for a title tonight. God told me to tell you that there is one prerequisite tonight that God is asking for water. If he's going to make wine, he needs some water. But the title of the message tonight is this, is your water is about to make waves. Just look at somebody and say, your water is going to make some waves. 
come on, in 2020, whatever's on your life is going to make a difference in somebody else's. Uh, I feel that prophetically by the word of God. And if you receive it, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to preach it like I feel it. Father, I thank you for the anointing I feel. I thank you for the glory that's in this room. I make one simple request tonight. Have your way. Throw your weight around in this room, God, until depression hits the door. Throw your weight around in this room, God, until anxiety leaves and, and the Spirit of God makes himself known. I give you praise for what you're about to say and what you're about to do. And if you believe it in this room, one more time, somebody make some noise for Jesus if you're ready for the Word of God. You can be seated. You can be seated. Your water is about to make waves. Your water is about to make waves. Uh, we have stepped into perhaps uh, more than just a new year. We have stepped into a new decade. And anytime you step into something new, uh, you think things ought to change just because you stepped into something new. But the truth is, the only thing that is guaranteed in this new year is a new opportunity. Oh, come on, somebody, talk to me. I said, the only thing that is guaranteed in 2020 is a new opportunity. What you do with what you've been given will produce the result. Uh, make no mistake about it that just because the clock turned and the calendar changed, it doesn't equate to a new you. It only equates to a new opportunity for you to do something with what's in your life. And I wonder in this room if there's anybody that stepped into this revival saying, this year ain't going to be like every other year. Uh, 2016 was tough. 2017 was hard. 2018. 18, they talked about me 2019 they ruined my name but in 2020 I refuse to have another year like the other years in 2020 I'm gonna step into who I am and if you are going to step into who you are, you are going to have to find answers to perhaps the most difficult problem, the most difficult question in all the world. It is the question that no matter how old you are, everybody asks this question if they want to be happy and fulfilled in life. The question is, what is my purpose? Everybody wants to know their purpose. Everybody wants to know why they were made. The tragedy in your generation is that most people will spend all their time doing what after what without ever discovering why. Because purpose is not found in what you do. It's found in why and who you are. Oh, come on, somebody. Talk to me in this room. Uh, because here's what I know is there is a blessing in knowing who you are. Oh, yes, there is. There is a blessing just in knowing who you are. Because the moment you know who you are, you know who you're not. I wish I had some real people in this room that would understand that, that the moment you really know who you are, you will, you'll know who not to date. And where not to go and what job not to take the moment you really know who you are you'll start looking at some folks and say I like you but I can't hang with you this Friday night when you know who you are you will know exactly where you got to be with who you got to be with because my purpose is more important than my popularity and God give us back a generation that says God I don't care if I'm ever popular make me powerful and give me a life that's lived on purpose if you believe in somebody ought to give God some praise because 2020, I'm coming into my own. I'm coming into my purpose. I'm coming into my purpose. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you laugh at me. This year, I will not be denied. This year, I live on purpose. I, I want my purpose. And I know what you're asking in this room, Pastor Josh. I want to discover my purpose. But how? How do I discover my purpose? Let me give you two things you got to find if you want to find your purpose. Are you ready? All the note takers. Number one, you must find your passion. 
purpose unveils itself through passion. In fact, the truth is, passion is the fuel of purpose. That until you discover what you're passionate about, you will never truly find purpose. Passion is the thing that wakes you up in the morning, the thing that gives you life when you do it, the thing that drives you, that while everybody else is running from it, you feel this innate need to run towards it while everybody else is leaving it. God, get us back to being passionate people. God, being, get us back to living the kind of life that's focused. And because the truth is, the tragedy of your generation on so many levels is we are expecting purpose, but we are living unfocused oh it's, it got quiet <sighs> because we we expect for God to bless our dysfunction we expect God to move in our life uh, when we're looking every direction but the truth is if you ever get inside your passion passion will become the vehicle that pushes you despite circumstances despite what people do it will push you to your purpose look at your neighbor say get some passion huh? get some passion in 2020 i'm gonna do what matters huh? in 2020 i ain't gonna do just everything with everybody i ain't gonna spend my time frivolously in 2020 i'm gonna live a focused life a passion life because my purpose is calling my name you need purpose. Number two, if you're going to live a life of purpose, you need more than passion. Watch this. You need a problem. Uh-oh. Time out. Wait a minute. You heard me right. If you really want to discover your purpose, you don't need a platform. You need a problem. You, you, you need a problem to solve. What makes purpose purpose is a solved problem somewhere in your life. Do you not understand that that's how God intended it? Is that he only created you because there was a problem in the earth that had your name as the solution on it. And our generation runs from every problem instead of running towards the problems. Because the truth is, if God lets you see a problem, it's because that problem is the, is the problem your life is called to solve. It's, can I go deep? <laughs> it's why Jesus never chose a Pharisee. Because Pharisees are good problem seers. They're just not good problem solvers. Oh God, get us back to being a generation that will simply not see problems, but we will make up our minds that if God let me see it, perhaps my life is called to solve it and I will make a difference with my life, my gift, my anointing by solving problems God lets me see. You need, watch this, a passion and you need a problem. You need a problem to solve. You do know that everything that was ever created was only created to solve a problem. Is that too heavy? Let me show you what I mean. I got an eye watch. Come on, somebody. Come on. How you doing? I don't know. That's old, ain't it? That's what old people. We, I hurt myself just doing that right there. Pulled a hamstring. Yeah. I got an eye watch on my wrist. You do realize that the only reason that the eye watch was made because there was a problem of me knowing the time outside of my house. And so every time this watch functions, in its problem, in its purpose, it solves the problem of me not knowing the time. Can I go deeper? Somebody created clothes. Amen. You should have said amen. Because I don't know about you, but I'm thankful somebody made clothes. Are we all been in trouble tonight? Show me your glory. I don't want to see anything else in Jesus' name. Somebody created clothes, and every time that the clothes uh, serve in their function, their purpose, they solve the problem called nudity. What am I really trying to tell you? The fact that you're not dead. Uh, 
The fact that you weren't born a hundred years ago and you weren't born a hundred years ahead. The fact that you're here right now with breath in your lungs that the accident didn't kill you and the, and the tragedy didn't take you out and the pain didn't eliminate. The fact that everything that was sent against you couldn't prosper and that every weapon that was wielded against you couldn't make it was the fact that God still has a purpose for your life. And I came to make the devil real angry tonight to let you know you still got purpose. Oh, I said you still got purpose uh, despite your mistakes uh, despite your past uh, despite your pain despite the tragedy you still have purpose and if you're thankful that God still has a purpose for your life uh, somebody ought to give him praise like you've lost your mind I've got purpose. I've got purpose whether you like it or whether you don't. I've got purpose whether you think I do or you think I don't. I've got purpose despite what my mama did and my daddy didn't give. I've got purpose. Pastor Josh, why would you take the first 10 minutes of your message and talk about purpose and passion and problem? Because this is the substratum, the context of my text. Because I know you see that text as a text of miracle. But before it's a text of miracle, it is a text of mess. Because long before you ever see miracle, you often see mess. Before you see performance, you often see problem. Ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning of this text, we are not met with a miracle. We are met with a problem that has yet to be solved. The Bible says in our text that there is a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And because there is a wedding in Cana of Galilee, the problem has arisen that they have run out of wine. Oh Lord, can you imagine a problem at a wedding? Come on. Hey, Bridezilla's real, y'all. That thing ain't no joke. I haven't, in fact, I don't think I've ever officiated a wedding, been at a wedding, even at my own wedding, seen a wedding that didn't have a problem. Everything at a wedding somewhere, somehow has an issue. And make no doubt about it, there is a problem, ladies, up at this wedding. The problem is that they have run out of wine. And before I address the running out of wine, I do want to take a second to break down the context of the wedding. Because every wedding is broken down into two places. It's broken down into the covenant part and the ceremony part. In every wedding, there is ceremony and there is covenant. The truth is, this problem did not arise on the side of covenant. This problem didn't arise on the side of I do. This problem only came out of the part of ceremony. And one of my biggest fears for our generation is that we have replaced covenant relationship with cool ceremony. And tried to call it revival. Oh, help me do it, Holy Ghost. That we have lived our whole life as a generation saying that if it is not according to my preference, I don't need it anymore. But baby, the devil is a liar. There is a generation coming back, oh hallelujah, to the place where they understand that ceremony is awesome. But if all we ever have is ceremony, we have missed the mark. We need to get back to being covenant believers who say no matter hell or high water, we're going to love Jesus with everything we have. I wonder if there's any young people that say I'm full. 14 and I'm 15 but I love Jesus with everything I've got somebody who loves Jesus make some noise like you ceremony believers come for the entertainment but decline the intimacy 
They love the experience. They don't want the intimacy. But the truth is, you can't have Christianity and not have intimacy with God. That's religion, ladies and gentlemen. That's religion. God, oh, I feel like preaching now. God, break us out of religion. Break us out of experience only. And get us back to the kind of people who are covenant, sold out, all in believers for Jesus. Ceremony and covenant, ceremony and covenant. The problem with ceremony is that it deceives you into think, uh, into thinking you've got what you needed. But the truth is, if you live your whole life by ceremony, you can come to church and still walk out empty. Uh, you can come in this room as a ceremony believer and come in here depressed and leave depressed and the ceremony can be good uh, you can come in this room full of anxiety and fear and leave this, leave this room with the same anxiety and fear you came with because you came with ceremony in mind but if you ever come with covenant if you ever come with covenant in mind that you came to this room to connect with God in a powerful way, you got to understand that covenant believers always have the advantage. Oh, I feel like preaching this. Covenant believers, all in, all out, believers have the advantage that no matter the circumstance, no matter the pain, no matter the problem, no matter if you got a disease in your body, no matter if something's wrong in your mind, if you come in looking for covenant, you are about to connect to a source that is greater than yourself I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this room to tell somebody that the moment you decide covenant is where you're going to live you may be limited but baby when you connect you are connecting to some limited God you're connecting to a limitless God who's got everything you need look at somebody say he's got everything you need oh yeah Kanye got it right baby Kanye got it right uh, God's got everything we need uh, every part of healing every part of deliverance uh, all my hope uh, the love I've been looking for he's got everything we need I wonder if there's about 150 200 young people that could give God some crazy praise uh, just to testify that God has every oh yeah he has everything we need uh, I dare you to take 15 seconds up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to, to testify that he's got everything I need. I don't need it in a bottle. I don't need it in drugs. I don't need it in friends. I don't need it in a relationship. Baby, everything I've been looking for, my soul knows that it can be found in him. Look at two people say he's got everything. He's got everything. He's got everything. He's got everything. The problem was is that this whole thing came from people who valued ceremony more than they valued covenant. And the problem was is that as long as they stayed in ceremony, little by little, uh, what they had went dry. And before they know it, they went empty. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Before they know it, they looked down and what they had been drawing from, and it was empty. Because isn't that how empty works? Empty doesn't happen all at once. 
Oh, come on, somebody. I said empty doesn't happen all at once. Empty is a slow, methodical process where you always think you have something that you're eventually running out of. And there will be a day that if you live ceremony your whole life in this thing called Christianity, that you will go to draw out strength and hope and faith only to find that you have gone empty. Some of you came to this revival empty. You came to this move of God empty. And when you're empty, you're in the most dangerous place you could ever be. Because empty will make you hungry for anything. I'll try anything. I'll go anywhere with the hope that maybe this will satisfy me. In the text, they have gone empty. They have run out. And oh, by the way, where do you run when it runs out? It got quiet. Where do you run when you run out? Where do you go when everything in you has been drained and drawn? Where do you go when you don't feel the strength to work? Where do you go? Y'all, come on, somebody. Talk to me in this room. Where do you go when the strength is gone and the faith is gone and the courage is gone and the confidence is gone? Where do you run when they run out? These people were trying everything to get an answer that only God could fulfill. But don't worry, even though you're trying everything that ain't God, it will still lead you back to God. Because there's, oh, I feel that. Because even though you've tried everything, everything always leads you back to the one who is everything and you might have stumbled in this room for hungover from last night uh, trying stuff you ain't supposed to try but I got good news for you you're in the right room tonight because even though you're at your end uh, your end always come becomes his beginning in Jesus name they have run out and somebody said y'all still good is this helping anybody They have run out, and because they have run out, they have said, where can we go to get what we need? We've tried everything. Nothing's working. Who should we call? And somebody said, "Uh, we should invite Jesus. And God sent me in this room to tell somebody tonight that you've tried everything, but this, that problem, this issue, that concern, that depression, That anxiety, oh, come on, somebody, that fear, that disease, that ain't a job for them, baby. That's a job for him because this is a job for Jesus. So that's what he told me to tell you. This is a job for Jesus. Look at five people and tell them, say, this is a job for Jesus. This is a job for Jesus. This is a job for Jesus. And the Bible says that when they recognized that it was a job for Jesus, somebody invited Jesus because aren't you thankful in this room that even though he's a last resort sometimes, that if you would call his name he still comes running when you call his name I wonder if there's anybody that can testify that even though you couldn't get to him he still came to you aren't you thankful that when you were in a messy place in messy situations and you couldn't reach God his arm was not short and he reached and he touched and he changed your life somebody make some noise if you've been changed by Jesus 
You say, Pastor Josh, you yell a lot. You, you get real excited. because Well, the only reason I get real excited is because if you would have seen where I was, oh, hallelujah, before he found me, if you would have seen the mess I was in before he got to me, I'm thankful that even though he was always my last resort, the day that I bowed my knee and I called his name, he came running. Oh, hallelujah. I said he came running to where I was. And he comes. Can I finish this thing? He comes. And when he comes in the room, he comes to the wedding. He comes to the ceremony. He comes when he shows up. He is not greeted by just anybody. He's not greeted by the bride. Whew, praise God. Not greeted by the groom. Not greeted by the master of the feast. When he comes through the door, the first person to talk to him is his mama. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I had one of them old school Pentecostal mamas. Those row, row, row your boat, shandai, scooter machine, I want, there you go. Some of y'all had the same mom. You're like, that's exactly what she said too. I remember that. I had one of them, I had one of the real Pentecostal mamas. She used to take all my friends with my unsafe friends. We'd be, be getting ready to leave the house. She'd say, y'all sit down. She'd say, I plead the blood. I say, she smokes stuff. I don't know what's wrong with her, but she smokes something <laughs> he comes to the room and he's greeted by his mother and his mama says we need your help and watch what Jesus says woman time out uh, heads up for everybody in the room um, one of the things you never want to do ever in your life is look your mama in the eye and say woman See, I don't know about your mama, but my mama had them go-go gadget arms in church. She'd reach two or three rows up in front and still smack me right in the back of the head. Stop talking. That's what she would tell me. Don't ever call your mama woman. He says, woman? What does your concern have to do with it? Look at Jesus back talking. His mama. Nobody preaches that, do they? <laughs> back talking to his mama. He says, what does your concern have to do with me? My time hadn't come yet. It ain't my hour to do all this stuff. But in one breath, look at the context of the conversation. She goes from saying, we need your help, to saying, whatever he says, do it. As if it was already done. It made me ask the question. I feel the anointing. It made me ask the question, how do you get him to do stuff that he seemingly doesn't want to do? It made me ask the question, how do you get him to do some things in your life uh, that it shouldn't, that you shouldn't get and you don't deserve and it shouldn't happen? How do you get him to move on your behalf? I'm preaching, but y'all letting on. But, but, but the truth is in the room, he, he, they came, he came because they needed him bad enough. But why does he do the miracle? He does the miracle not because they needed him bad enough, but because she knew him well enough. Oh, because when you're a believer, you can place a demand on God based upon his word. Because what she was really saying is, I know you, oh hallelujah. I know you better than that. I, they may not know you like that, but I know you like that. I've seen you work behind closed doors. I've seen you move amongst my men, my midst. I've seen you do some stuff. And she said, I know what you're capable of. And because I'm a believer and you're the word, I can place a demand on you and you got to do it not because I said it but because your word said that you would do it for me 
Oh, that's why you got to read your Bible in 2020. Because every promise that's in you in that book already belongs to you. It's not some mystical reality. Maybe you can yank that promise down into your spirit and apply it to your life. Am I helping anybody in this room tonight? She says, I know you in a way nobody knows you. Therefore, whatever he says to do, do it. I love that word. I love that word because that's the word you got to adopt in 2020 is whatever. Oh, whatever. Whatever is what gets you miracles in 2020. Whatever is what gets you, hallelujah, what gets you blessings in 2020. Whatever will earn you favor in 2020. Whatever, whatever is the word because some of us can't get a solution because we will not get rid of our opinion. Preach, Pastor Josh. That was good right there. I like that. That was, amen. Some of us don't get solutions because we tell God that unless he does it this way, unless he shows up that way, it cannot be done. And the truth is, God will never give you a miracle where there isn't first a whatever. I pray, oh, hallelujah, I feel the anointing. I pray in 2020 that there is a whatever in your spirit. And I know you're 13 and I know you're 15 and I know you're 17, but I pray to God you learn as of this year the power of a whatever. A whatever, oh hallelujah, can get your body healed and your mind renewed and it can fix your family. Oh, y'all ain't saying that. And it can see your daddy come back to your mama. Or whatever, God, I'm cool with it. If it don't look how I thought it should look, if it don't turn like I thought it should turn, Whatever you've got to do, do it, and I'll be cool with it. I wonder if there's some people that can give God some praise right now as a rehearsal of how you're going to praise God. When he says, can I do whatever? You say, whatever, whatever. Somebody give him glory to let him know whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, he can do it in 2020. Somebody shout now. Whatever he says to do. And my friends, the stage is set. Oh, no, 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 no. Not for a miracle, but for obedience. Because we have lied to you. We have told you, you could praise your way out of everything. The truth is you can't praise your way out of anything. Praise isn't a way out. Praise is a way for him to get in. So how do we get out? We don't praise our way out. We obey our way out. Perhaps that's the reason why you've not gotten out of what you're in is because you haven't obeyed. You haven't obeyed your way out. In 2020, you got to obey your way out of some stuff. And the moment that God saw whatever and he saw her obedience, all of a sudden like a movie. Uh, the whole scene changes, and this is where I'm landing. Play softly. He says, I have told you the what of the miracle. I have told you the why of the miracle. But like a movie, I'm going to show you how this miracle is going to be done. And like a scene change. All of a sudden, 
the eyes of Jesus are no longer focused on his mother. He's no longer moving in the room. He begins to stare at some water pots over in the corner that everybody else has been walking by. Everybody else has seemed to forget about, forgotten about. He said, I've got my eyes on these vessels. Don't miss this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's talking to servants, but he's looking at vessels. Because there's only two people that are going to really get used in 2020 for the glory of the Lord. It's those who have resigned themselves to the title of vessel and servant because if you become a vessel and you become a servant there will be miracles uh, in the house forget this bishop stuff forget this apostle stuff I get it I understand church government but the truth is when you take them all down to one thing the common denominator between any fivefold ministry gift is this is that we are nothing but vessels and we have been called to be servants of all men in all places for God's glory and his kingdom he is talking to servants but he's got his eyes on some vessels six water pots I, I like that number because six in the Bible is the number of man can I do this and be done Six is the number of man I, I'm looking for a man I'm looking for a woman I'm, and I don't care how old they are I don't care if they're 12 in this room and I don't care if they're 82 in this room I'm still looking for somebody and I know that the enemy has told you that God wants nothing to do with you but baby the devil is a liar tonight uh, God is still looking for a man and he's still looking for a woman that he can use to do great exploits in the earth I'm looking for six uh, six water pots six water pots watch this of stone of stone don't miss it don't miss it of stone not gold not silver not bedazzled or bejeweled uh, I am looking for six water pots of stone I am looking for somebody that is ordinary I'm looking for somebody who will resign themselves and say God I am nothing uh, without you I couldn't believe it when we were singing those last two songs because everything in the theme of those last two songs was I'm yours I'm surrendered because in 2020 that is the prerequisite for God to do something great in your life is that you've got to be willing uh, for him to say God I may be nothing I may not have the, big, the biggest gift and the best opportunities. I may have come from a terrible family. I don't even live on the right side of town. But God, I'll give you me. And I found out that if you give God anything, God will take little and turn it into big because it's in his hands and he's a big God. Oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this room tonight. I am looking for normal and ordinary men and women who will give me everything they've got. I am looking for sold out all in believers who will say, God, in 2020, I don't withhold a single thing. You can have everything. You can have even my water. Because the text says, and no preachers preach this, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews. My friends, I know that's a lot of big words, but all that means is this is everybody else's dirty hands and dirty feet. This is where they would dip them before they moved on. In other words, this water ain't clean water. This water's dirty water. 
Isn't it amazing how when he comes in the room and he starts to look, hallelujah, that sometimes he will go past all the giftedness and all the most anointed people, but he'll go to the person who everybody said they can't be used and they won't be used. They've made too many mistakes. Do you know their past? Do you know their failures? Do you know what they did two Friday nights ago? I'm preaching, but you all let know. Do you know what they did a couple weekends ago? Do you know what they did last summer? Do you know? And God says, there's something I still see in them. There's something I still believe about them. And God told me to tell you that he still sees despite your mistakes or failures. God still sees your water. Water is life. Nearly 70% of your body is made up of water. Water is life. And when Jesus got in the room to make a difference in the world, the first thing he asked for was some dirty, jacked up, messed up water pastor johnny when i read that it confused me because he was asking for water and it doesn't even seem like it would be a solution to the problem because they they don't want water they want why is he asking for water if it's not seemingly part of the solution because what the water didn't know, what the vessel didn't understand, is that their wine is in your water. I know you don't think it's much. I know you think it's not worth anything. But your job is not to change it. Your job is to surrender it. And the moment that the vessel, oh, can you give me two more minutes? The moment that the vessel got okay with giving its water despite the dirt and the mess, God said, That's all I needed. Watch this. To turn it like I wanted it because point number one to my message tonight is that God's going to use your water to turn it all around he's going to use your water to turn your family around I feel that in my spirit he's going to use your water to turn your school around he's going to use your water to shift the nation he's going to use your water Number two, if he's not going to turn it, watch this. The second thing he's going to do it is he's going to turn water, but he's going to transform you. And God told me over the next three days that you are about to give all of yourself. And as you give you, God says, be prepared. Be prepared that by the end of these three days, you may have come in here one way. You may have come in here with some dirty water, an average vessel. But by the time you leave here Friday night, the power and the presence of God is about to be so tangible and so incredible that by the time you're done, people won't even recognize you. You're going to be completely brand new because God's going to Turn some stuff, but he's going to transform you. Stand to your feet, everybody. I feel the anointing. God's going to turn it. 
He's going to transform it. He's going to turn it. He's going to transform it. I wish I had about a hundred young people that could hear me by the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm speaking prophetically. He's going to turn it. I know what the news says. I know what people are saying. I know what social media is telling you. I know that everybody says it's getting worse and worse. But baby, I came to tell you that when God gets some water, when he gets some lives he can use, baby, I know what the news said, but the news is a lie because the devil is a lie. God is about to... in one moment he turned it and he transformed it and then at the right moment ah can I finish he drew it out at the right moment and he took it to some people that were thirsty because that's what God does at the right moment he'll draw out the change in your life and he'll take it to the people that are desperately thirsty for what you possess and the guy, the master of the feast, oh, I feel the anointing to finish. He took a zip of the water that was changed and transformed and turned and he said wait a second he said wait one moment he said I have tasted all kinds of wine I have tasted all kinds of stuff but what you just gave me I ain't never tasted because here's the truth in 2020 they're about to touch your life and taste and see that the Lord is good I declare over mainstream that this is the year of salvation like you have never seen before God is about to use your life for signs wonders and miracles in this city and the world will know who you are he said you saved the best until now you know what they tell me as I travel they say the best days of the church are behind us the glory of the Lord has departed we won't see a move of God like we saw in Brownsville and like we saw in the Toronto Road. We won't never see that again. But according to this text, I said according to this text, that was good, but God has saved the best. Oh, are you hearing me in this room? I said that text said that God has saved the best until right here, right now. We're just about due for an earth shaking, glory manifesting, body healing, cancer rebuking, devil chasing, revival in this nation. If you're ready for revival, somebody lose your mind and give God some praise. Lift up your hands. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel like I feel heaven coming. I feel the glory of the Lord descending in this room. I feel like God is asking, who will give me? Who will give me their water? Who will give me their water? Who's going to give me their life? Who's going to give me their gifts? Who's going to give me their abilities? Who's going to give me their talents? Who is it? Who is it in the room on the count of three? If you say, God, here's my life. Here's my gifts. Here's my water God you can have it in 2020 on the count of three get to this altar one hallelujah two 
oh, they're already coming. Uh, three, if that's you, get here. And when you get here, come with your hands lifted. 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 I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, if he can have your water. If he can have your water. If he can have it all. If he can have it all. Come on, not just half of you. Not just a little bit of you. This ain't another year for three quarters of you. This is the year he can have everything. There is an encounter with God where he changes everything. I feel the glory. I feel the glory. I feel the glory. I feel the glory. Come on, man. I feel the glory. Help me swell this thing. I feel the glory. I feel the glory. Lift your hands, young people. Come on. I can't make this happen for you. You've got to surrender yourself. Surrender everything that you are. Even in the other sanctuary. Lift your hands. The glory of the Lord is coming. I feel him saying, if you'll give me your water, I'm about to turn it. I'm about to transform it. Everything is about to change with your hands lifted. Open up your mouth and declare unto the Lord, we say, 